BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi, folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me. Your host, Bree Harvey. KB Cabaret would also like to introduce a new voice talent, Dawn Gould. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we present our special musical guest, pop singer Brenda Swanger. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now, KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, I'm a total wreck. A few months ago, I accidentally took my wife's pink vitamin pill. Now, Granny Ada, I did not think much about it at the time, but lately I've been feeling strange. My voice seems to be higher, and I'm losing interest in baseball games. And I have this urge to go to musical plays, catching myself singing songs from the show Grease. This last part really freaks me out. I never sang a show tune in my life. Can one feminine vitamin pill product do this to a red-blooded American man? I need to know what to do. Is there any medication I can take to undo my newly sensitive ways? My wife thinks I'm going through some midlife crisis, but I don't agree. It's her fault for putting the bottle right next to my blue men's vitamin pills. Help. Signed, Teary-Eyed in Toledo. Dear Teary-Eyed, how delightful. You took pink pills and now you are an emotional drama queen. Let me assure you, you have deeper issues than taking the wrong color vitamin pill, my dear. I believe you may be a bit of a hypochondriac mixed in with a desire to be different. Perhaps you never liked baseball and liked John Travolta with his slicked back hair and high falsetto. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. 
I happen to be a big fan of John Travolta and the musical Grease. So what do you do about your newfound discovery? My suggestion is embrace who you really are. Perhaps you need to dust the cobwebs off your vocal cords and dancing shoes. Take singing lessons and dance around your living room. Just remember, because you're a man does not mean being a cowboy spitting in the rain. As for baseball, don't give that up. That's the great American pastime. Two films I would recommend you watch are A League of Their Own, co-starring Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna, and the musical Damn Yankees. You will be able to relate. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day, Granny Ada. Just doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. Oh, oh my, my, thank you very much. So, Beulah, how are you doing? Well, dear, I have to admit, I feel like a teenage girl again. Really? <laughs> yes, it's all due to Bobby. Bob, Bobby, oh, you're prom king. Yes, dear. Bobby and I were king and queen at the prom. I remember you telling me this when you came back from your 40th high school reunion <clears throat> with Bobby. Isn't it funny? We never dated. I went with Bonnie Williams to the prom, and he went with uh, Cheryl Zeminski. But here we are, 40 years later, an item. You're an item. I know it's silly, but we've grown rather fond of each other. Well, that's lovely. Especially when I never even gave Bobby a second thought before or after the prom. I always thought Bonnie and I would get married. But then came Leon, and, well, we all know how that turned out. Well, all that is water under the bridge. Well, the divorce, dear, is not finalized yet. But let's not talk about that. I really came over to share a recipe. <laughs> I was wondering when you would come into the piece de résistance. I, I beg your pardon, dear? The icing on the cake. Oh, yes, yes. Coincidentally, you are not that far off. This is a wonderful Grand Marnier souffle with a drizzle of brandy icing. Oh, sounds delicious. Oh, yes, dear, it is special. More than you know, I always make it when I'm in love. With Bobby, so soon. Well, at my age, dear, one should never wait. Time goes by too fast. Now, there are really a few ingredients. Flour, sugar, egg separated, a pinch of salt, a liter of Grand Marnier, and a liter of brandy. Beulah, really? A liter of each? Even I know that's a little much. <laughs> oh, no, no. We only use a few tablespoons of the two combined. However, life is too short to waste the elixir of the gods. <laughs> I brought two shot glasses to relax while we bake. Beulah. Oh, I know, I know you don't drink. You can't blame a girl for not wanting to party alone. 
Oh, well. Here's to you. And here's to you again. Mm. Now I'm ready. Here's your apron, and let's wash our hands. Beulah, Beulah, where are you? Where did you go? Oh, it's Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, darling, I'm here with Bree on her variety show. Oh, here you are. What are you drinking? Hey, I need some of that. Well, I just happen to have two shot glasses. Ah, just what the doctor ordered. Ah, one more for the road. The road? There's some nut job at the door. Told me to leave, so... Who would... Beulah! Leon? Who's this jerk? Who are you calling a jerk? He's not a jerk. First of all, it's none of your business. And second of all, what are you doing here? I just came to collect a few things like my Micronaut collectible action figures and my Coleco handheld electronic quarterback. Now I can see what you do in your spare time, you hussy. Hussy, how dare you? Beulah's a shrill horses. She's no hussy. You got any more of this brandy, Beulah? We're out. We were separated, Leon, because you cheated on me. I only oh, cheated on you I once. I never cheated on you. Me. Bobby you is an old friend if it's any of your business. Uh, I thought you'd have better taste than bringing home a fancy pansy mother-loving slicking gigolo. We are making a souffle with Bree on her show, so why don't you go home? I don't care what you're making. I hope your stupid souffle goes flat, you two-timing scarlet. Oh, how dare you! You take that back. Uh, excuse me, but I have a show to do here. Would you please all take this conversation outside? Boys, boys, will you please escort these three out of the studio? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Well, that was something. <clears throat> I guess I will try Beulah's recipe along with the rest of you. <laughs> so, um, I will post the Grand Marnet Souffle with brandy icing on our website, kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. Scroll down to Beulah's recipe bar and look for the recipe. What's your emergency? Yeah, I need to speak to the authorities. This is 911, sir. We are the authorities. Yeah, is this the person in charge? This is 911, and I'm in charge. Yeah, well, you can't be too careful nowadays. You know, you just don't know who to trust anymore. Describe your situation, sir. Someone's trying to break into my home. Are you safe right now? Yeah, for now, but I know that stick isn't going to hold forever. Stick, sir? Yeah, the one I'm using to hold the door shut. Where do you live, sir? I'm afraid I don't have an address in the system for you. Yeah, well, I'm just up the hill from the big oak tree, right next to the rock. Sir, can you... Ah, ah, they keep yanking on the door, and I know that stick's going to break. Sir! Ah, ah, I looked at the peephole on my door and there's a man with a big hat and a cape. And he's really freaking me out. 
I think he wants me so he can chuck me out of that crowd of hungry-looking people. Oh, God, I don't want to die. I'm tired. I need my sleep. Hurry, can you please send somebody over? Send them where? Yeah, Gobbler's Knob. Hmm, uh, what's your name, sir? Phil. Phil? Gobbler's Knob? The Phil? Punxsutawney Phil? The Groundhog? Yeah, Punxsutawney Phil. Oh, no! What happened? Yeah, the stick broke and they're coming in. Help me! Sir? Hello? Hello? Phil? Phil, can you hear me? Hello? To who am I speaking? The 911 operator. Who is this? Constable Dan, ma'am. I'm the vice president of the official Groundhog Club, distinguished member of the Inner Circle. Is Punxsutawney Phil okay? Of course. Why wouldn't he be? He was just reporting that someone was breaking into his house and a scary-looking man was going to feed him to a crowd of hungry people. Don't worry. He's fine, and I think I can explain what happened. You see, the average lifespan of a groundhog is approximately six years, and Phil has been doing this for well over eight. Having said that, well, he's gotten a bit senile, and I presume he's really not sure what's going on. Oh, here he comes now. Ha, great job, Phil. Welcome back. Give me that phone. No, get out! <sighs> yeah, and, and just because my shadow scared the bejeebus out of me, you're getting 60 more weeks of winter! I'm here with Brenna Swanger, a young artist who resides in Parlor City and records in Nashville, Seattle area. And she is an amazing pop singer. I'm intrigued to have her on my show. Hello, Brenna. Hello. Give me a little background information about Midnight Velvet. Midnight Velvet was a song that I wrote that came about pretty organically. I started out finding a piece of writing from one of my journals that I had that ended up being the opening line of the song. This isn't love, but I think it could be. And the rest of the song just kind of came from that, and I kind of pieced it together, the music and the words and the melody, kind of all at once. And it's one of my favorite songs to play live. And yeah, it's about kind of falling in love, but not really realizing that it's love when it's happening. And then you have a self-realization that the feeling that you're feeling is love. And so that's what Midnight Velvet is about. Okay, let's listen to Midnight Velvet.
Bring you breaking news from WKBK Studios in Parlor City. This is reporter Tobroy Niniap with breaking headlines. As you know, last week, Monday, Puxatoni Phil, the infamous groundhog, had been dragged into court for misrepresenting the state of our mental and physical health. He dismissed his lawyer Wednesday, stating he was, quote, an income poop and a human and had decided to represent his own defense. Here is a soundbite from Puxatoni's press conference just a few days ago. What the f do you want from me, you stupid sons of Well, I told you people I can't predict the weather. Must be out of freaking mind. As you can tell, Mr. Phil was agitated. On Friday, the jury came back with their verdict. Here is a clip. Will the jury foreperson please stand as the jury reached a unanimous verdict? Yes, Your Honor, we have. Proceed. We find the defendant guilty as charged. You cowards. I can't help if I didn't see my shadow. The sun was covered by the freaking clouds. Order. Order in the court. The jury is thanked and excused. Court is adjourned. Now we have heard that the judge is about to reveal Punxsutawney's sentence. This whole process was fast, don't you think, Tobroy? Yes, indeed, you are right, Angie. But obviously the jury was motivated. Wait, Angie? We are cutting to the courtroom to hear Judge Whopper declare the groundhog sentence. Hear ye, hear ye, the Honorable Judge Biggest Whopper presiding. Thank you, bailiff, jurors, and members of the chamber. Court clerk, please.
please record the following. This has been a quick but extremely harrowing case of mental state versus Punxsutawney Phil in the Parlor City jurisdiction. Mr. Phil was brought in for committing perjury and thereto causing mental anguish to the good people of Parlor City. He misguided the public by hiding his shadow under a rock as submitted evidence E5 suggests. I object. Mr. Phil, you will have your turn. Please settle down or I will hold you in contempt. Five weeks ago, Mr. Punk Satani Phil came out of his home, looked around in a knowledgeable manner and swore that since his shadow was missing, he would honestly declare that spring was around the corner and would arrive in a few days. In five weeks after that statement, the ground remains frozen and we have daily freezing temperatures and five to ten inches of snow has fallen. Clearly, sir, you have committed perjury in the worst way. The good people in Parlor City have put away their winter clothing, made arrangements to come back from Florida, and Mr. Crabgrass here has taken his weed whacker out of storage. Therefore, the case of mental anguish stands justified here in my court. Before I declare your sentence, Mr. Phil, is there anything you'd like to say? Yes, Your Honor, I do have something to say. First of all, I am sorry if you and the court think that I lied or stashed my shadow under a rock. I do have a reason. I just didn't bring it up since I felt it was not admissible in court. You see, I was scared. Really petrified of the water poured down my hole to get me to come out. People were yelling and I was yanked from my slumber. What would you do, Your Honor, if you were in my situation? Year after year, the same thing. I was a wreck. I had told you people all those years that spring was not coming early. The people were angry with me. One even whacked me with a twig two years ago. So this year I thought I'd try something different. I said spring's around the corner. I stood out of the sun just so my shadow would not be visible. I was scared, I tell you. Scared. Scared. I'm sorry, little fellow, but the jury has voted and I rarely override the vote. Bailiff, give Mr. Phil a tissue. Thank you. Yes, sir. Therefore, I have to sentence you... Your Honor! Your Honor! Madam? Look at Judge. It's going to be in the 70s for the whole week starting tomorrow. Really? Well, that changes matters. Spring has started five weeks after February 2nd. That's one week short of a long winter. Punxsutawney Phil, you are free to go. Woo-hoo! Well, you heard it here, folks. Punxsutawney Phil is free to go. This is a great day in Parlor City. What the hell? There's a frickin' blizzard with hailstones coming down. It's that groundhog! Let's see, what else do I need? I've got my broccoli, yogurt, chicken, grapes. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Mr. Cellulite is piling up on the potato chips and cheese whiz. What else do you have in that cart there, Porky? (laughs) Canned spaghetti, bag of double-stuffed cookies, and, of course, diet soda. Excuse me, uh, you seem to be staring at my cart. Uh, Oh, I, uh... 
Do you have a problem with my choices of food? Uh, no, of course not. Yes, you do. You're snickering. S-snickering? Yes, and you have a sinister expression on your face. Oh. Well, uh, I never saw that particular brand of processed cheese before. Processed? Madam, I have you know that this is the finest cheese on the market. It's moldable, pliable, spreadable cheese made out of the finest of cream that sprays out of a can. Takes art. A certain finesse. I didn't know that. And this spaghetti? Do you realize it takes 15 hours per can to make sure that each strand of spaghetti is in a perfect circular shape? Little hands work themselves to the bone to form these magnificent shapes. Uh, I I should get going. Do you not want to know about these slices of spiced potato that is lovingly placed inside this specially made bag to assure a crisp crunch? In each bite of the succulent spud? Not really. Or perhaps these dark, delicate cookies embracing the sweet, creamy goodness of double stuff inside the pastries of love. Look, I don't know you. Yet you buy a bunch of green branch parts and wrap dead carcass pieces and consider yourself better? Do not judge my choices of savory goodness before you judge your own goods, madam. Are you okay, sir? Oh, perfectly fine. Just setting up a few boundaries is all. Brought to you by the fine makers of bagged, canned, and processed food. Now, Brenna, tell me something about yourself. How did you even know that you were a writer? Are these about you and your life? For me as a writer, I think it comes from personal experience, but also... Being an artistic person, I feel we kind of see the world a little differently, and we see people and we feel emotions maybe more strongly than people who um, have more of a left brain personalities. And so whenever a situation happens, I like to really feel it out and, and not be afraid of the emotions that I'm feeling. And so writing is the way that I can help myself process those emotions. So if something happens to me and I'm overwhelmed with the situation, I'll write about it. But also, you know, it comes from seeing other people's situations. I mean, that's really where all the inspiration comes from. I never write anything that isn't real. Uh, After what you said, I think appropriately, Forged from Fire would be a song I want to play. What do you think? Yeah. All right, let's play Forged from Fire. Yeah, I think so. You and I, we were 
Debbie, isn't it great to be out here at the ballpark? There's no place I'd rather be. You're right, Jeff. This is paradise in the sunshine. Go, Parlor City Polecats! Hot dogs! Get your hot dogs! Get your red hot hot dogs here! Honey, let's get a couple of hot dogs. They just seem to taste better here at the ballpark. You bet. Hey, hot dogs, over here. How many you want? We'll have two. One with mustard and onions, and one with ketchup and relish. Coming right up. Here you go. That'll be $15. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Would you mind passing this money over to him and then passing the hot dogs back to us? I can't reach out to the aisle. Okay, sure. I don't really like eating at the ballpark. I'd rather concentrate on the game. Oh, we love the food here. Uh, it's all part of the baseball experience. Go, Polecats! Ice cream! Get your ice cream here! Two ice cream cones over here. Here you go. That'll be $8. Can you help us out again? Well, okay. One more time. Hey, you just dripped chocolate ice cream on my blouse. That'll never come out. Oh, sorry. Well, you shouldn't wear such good clothes to the game. Spaghetti. Get your spaghetti and meatballs over here. Spaghetti at a baseball game? It's delicious. Two orders of spaghetti and meatballs, please. Two spaghetti and meatballs coming right up. That'll be $27.50, sir. Well, I'm not passing that over. It'll make a mess. Uh, okay, I'll just reach over you and grab it myself. Oh, what? Oh, you clumsy fool. Your spaghetti and meatballs are in my lap. Oh, would you mind if we just ate it from there? We'd hate to have it go to waste. We can get you an extra fork, too. Get away from me. You people are pigs. Well, there's no reason to be so snippy about it. You should enjoy the aroma of all this good food. Oysters, Rockefeller. Get your oysters, Rockefeller, over here. We have two orders of the oysters, Rockefeller. Ma'am, can we get one for you to make up for all the trouble? No. Keep that disgusting stuff away from me. Two orders of oysters, Rockefeller, coming up. That'll be $52 even, sir. This woman is no longer cooperating with us. Why don't you just toss those oysters to us one at a time? Sure, sounds like fun. Ready, here comes the first one. Oh, that hit me in the head. Need to aim a little higher next time. Want to see my curveball oyster pitch? Stop this right now. This is a shocking display of bad manners. Hey, come on. Have a little fun. I've had enough of your idea of fun for one day. I've had enough of your idea of fun for one day. This is supposed to be a baseball game, not a restaurant. I'm going home. Poor woman. She must be hungry. Get your Chateaubriand with wild mushrooms, risotto, and roasted asparagus here. Hey, how much is that? If you have to ask, you can't afford it, sir. Ready for round two, honey? Oh, I just love baseball. This next song intrigues me called Same Road. Tell me why you wrote Same Road. This is, I think, my favorite song that I've written so far. And as a writer, I can get really frustrated when I have all this 
built up emotion, but I can't seem to get it out in the way that I want to get it out. Also known as writer's block. And Mm -hmm. um, I haven't written anything in months, and it wasn't because I didn't want to or I wasn't trying. It it wasn't working, and it wasn't happening. And then I think, you know, it was like 2 in the morning one night, and I was sitting alone in my living room, and I was like, all right, well, I'll give it another shot. And so I started playing... um, the chords for the song being this song kind of just came about and the hook of the song is is there anywhere to go when you're stuck on the same road I was kind of writing about feeling like I was stuck in a feeling like stuck in a place in my mind that I couldn't get out of so I was kind of having all these built up emotions that were just locked in my head and I couldn't get out and so this song came from that and I'm really proud of it I think it has um, some cool wording in it and things like that So let's listen to this really beautiful song, Same Road.
We love our parents. We know we can't kill them. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Dear Diary, my life is so depressing. I don't have anything to do or anyone to do it with, even if I did have something to do. Nobody cares about an old lady past her prime. Everyone else has a life to... Ma, we were supposed to leave a half an hour ago. I'm coming, I'm coming. Give me a minute. Well, hurry up. Okay. Where was I? Everyone else has a life... Everyone else has a life to live. You might as well fold me up in a drawer and throw the key away. No one would notice. Ruth, for God's sake, will you come downstairs already? Where's the car keys? I guess it is my fault. I never wanted to impose a... The keys were in the fruit bowl the last time I looked. I looked there. Well, I don't know where they are then. Um... I never wanted to impose on anybody. I just wanted to mind my own. Why would the keys be in the utensil drawer? How should I know? Never wanted to mind my own business. Now no one wants to be with me. Ma, are you coming? All right, all right. I have to go now, dear diary. The family won't leave me alone. Finally. Everyone is in the car waiting for you. You could have gone without me. What is wrong with you? Why would you say that? You would have been fine without me. You always are. What's wrong with you? Oh, wait just a minute. Are you still brooding because Howard and I went away to the wedding last week? No, don't be silly. No, I'm not silly. You were upset all last month because you and Dad were not invited to the wedding. Well, we should have been. Why? You don't even know Nancy and Alan. So inviting two more people would not have killed them. I don't think I'll ever understand you. Come on, Ma, let's go. Dad's gonna pop a vein. Finally. You always do this to me, Ruth. It takes you a hundred years to get ready. Leave me alone, Stanley. I'll go back in the house. Mother Ruth, Stanley, let's just go. Yeah, let's get this stupid brunch over with already. Why is everything stupid in your world, Dad? Do we even know these people? You've been sort of friends with these people for over 20 years, Ma. Oh, well, the Stearns are really just acquaintances, Alice. I thought you watch Lawrence Welk with them every Saturday when you play cards. These are just people we play cards with. They're not really friends. How do you two define friends? You're an idiot. Thank you very much. Well, anyways, it's Mrs. Stern's 70th birthday party, and both of you accepted the invitation. I hate events. Yet, you made my life hell over not getting invited to a wedding. Well, that's different. Whatever. Let's just get this over with. Now we're seeing eye to eye. Yeah, you're right, Dad. I am seeing why you two are in who's who's most popular list. Oh, Stanley, why does our own flesh and blood say things like that? Because she's an idiot. idiot. <sighs>
And so our saga ends again for now. But join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. Hey, Barry. Barry, is that you? Oh, hi, Davis. Wow, I thought you moved. You haven't called and I haven't seen you at the lodge meetings or the diner. Yeah, well, I've been busy, you know. Uh, you just found me here today because a friend needs groceries. Yeah, my wife sent me out here, too. So what friend are you getting groceries for? Marilyn. Not that it's any of your business. Wait, Marilyn? The same Marilyn who threw the engagement ring at you when she was loaded? Yeah. I thought you two broke up. Yeah, we did. And yet you're buying groceries for her. It's complicated. I'll bet. Do tell. We're sort of back together. What about her boyfriend, the bartender? Well, we came to an arrangement. What arrangement? She can only see him when I'm not around. Really? That's an odd arrangement. I'm around a lot. Just when you're not. What are you getting at? Nothing. And both you and the other guy are okay with this? Well, yeah. But you have to understand, Davis, she still looks good on my bike when she's sober. Well, I guess that is a plus. Yeah. And when she's not angry or drunk, she can be sweet. And the other woman you said you were going to go out with? Well, she's older by 15 years, and she has two other boyfriends. What? Wait. You're 63. That makes her... 78. But she looks great. She has to if she has two other boyfriends. Well, you know, at least she was honest. Well, I sort of found out on her Facebook page. Ah, so you never really went out with her. No, she said I was too old for her. So what are you buying? I don't know. Stuff. Hmm. Lobster tails, ribeye, fingerling potatoes. Big date, huh? Not for me. Wait, you mean it's... It's her other guy's night tonight. The bartender? Yeah. And you're buying the groceries? Well, he's buying the booze. Well, that's nice. It is what it is. Good for you. Say, Barry, since you're free tonight, you want to go to the movies? My wife has her board meeting tonight. I wish I could, but I'm busy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm babysitting. Babysitting? Marilyn asked me if I could take care of her two grandkids tonight. You know, Barry, I don't think I'll know anyone like you ever. They broke the mold when they made you. Gee, thanks, Davis. No need to thank me, Barry. It's all you. All you. Will Barry get his turn for Lobster Tales with Marilyn next week? Will Marilyn do the favor of sitting on Barry's bike and looking good? Or will Barry try to go out with his 78-year-old honey and be boyfriend number three? Stay tuned for the next episode of Clueless Barry. Now, before we get to our final song, Brenna, I want to thank you for being on our show. You are truly a very 
special guest. Um, Thank I'm you. very, Thanks for I, in, in a way, I'm, I'm really glad to know so many of these wonderful musicians, and you, especially, you know, here on my show is just such a, a delight because I love talent. I love natural talent, people who are born to do what they do. We're all bound to get better. I think this is why I chose this for the last song. I don't think if we ever reach perfection, if we're totally satisfied with anything, including love, that means we're stagnant. We have to get better. We're bound to. So tell me, am I right? I mean, is that something you were thinking? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's been a pleasure having you. And let's listen to Bound to Get Better. And don't be stagnant, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you also strive for achievement to be better. Thank you for listening to our show. And let's listen to the song. Again, thanks, Brenna. Well, I guess this is it. This is how it ends. Why'd I have to go and fall in love? All over again mm-hmm. Yesterday I turned the street corner Saw you looking in through the door Of that old vintage record store I've heard the old song say the love is worth the pain I've yet to learn the price is always worth the pay
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 20,000-plus listeners and growing that we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. Love to have you and share our policy. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.